I hope that many people that come to the Lead Center are able to say that that is a moment that I'm going to treasure forever. Welcome to Agency for Change, a podcast from Kid Glove that brings you the stories of changemakers who are actively working to improve our communities. In every episode, we'll meet with people who are making a lasting impact in the places we call home. There's magic that happens during live performance between an audience and the artist. And for a lot of venues across the country, that magic was hard to recreate via Zoom or other online methods. There's one such venue right here in Lincoln that accomplished some really impressive things this past year, even earning recognition from the New York Times, USA Today, and more all while bringing some world-famous acts to the city, and in the process, helping to transform lives. Hi everyone, this is Kelly Peterson, Vice President, Nonprofit Creative Director at KidGlove. Welcome to another episode of the Agency for Change podcast. Today's guest is Bill Steffen, Executive Director and Chief Artistic Officer at the LEAD Center for Performing Arts which aims to educate, inspire, and entertain the people of Nebraska through the performing arts. Bill, I'm eager to talk with you today and learn more about the great impact you are making on the world. Thank you. My pleasure to be here today. Bill, for those who may not be familiar with the LEAD Center for Performing Arts, what does it do for the community? Well, the LEAD Center is Nebraska's Performing Arts Center. And so we're not only just for Lincoln, but we're across the state. And people actually come from all over the Midwest to see the greatest artists in the world. And the original vision of the Leeds Center was that you didn't have to go to Chicago or New York or Los Angeles to see the greatest artists in the world. You could see it in Lincoln, Nebraska. And so you could see that in, in your home state, you know, for university students. And so that original vision, you know, is still very active today that you don't have to, you know, to travel and you can see Yo-Yo Ma and Wynton Marcellus and American Ballet Theater. It was interesting. We had one, when we had the Russian National Orchestra, we had an exchange student that was enrolled at the University of Nebraska and she'd always wanted to see the Russian National Orchestra, never could see it in Russia and had come all the way to Lincoln, Nebraska to see the the Russian National Orchestra. And uh, so Really, the the LEAD Center provides access to these performances that are transformative, that are magical. Every genre you can imagine, our programming philosophy is um, something for everyone. So we range from the world's greatest orchestras to Broadway shows, to modern dance, to theater, country artists, family shows, comedy. We, We try to provide something for everyone. And we try to have every one of those artists at the very highest level of artistic quality and creativity. That is so great. And when you mean everyone, you mean everyone. I've been going to the LEAD Center for years, and especially for me, it's been a magical place for many reasons. Wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. I understand that you lived in Idaho before moving to Nebraska in 2008. Can you walk me through the career path that brought you to the LEAD Center for Performing Arts? Sure. Well, the arts have been part of my 
family culture since I was a child. When I think back, some of my fondest childhood memories is singing um, songs out of Reader's Digest songbooks with my mom playing the piano. And I, I can remember doing that as my earliest memories of life. And I played trumpet and did musical theater, you know, did lots of singing. And um, in high school, my dream was I wanted to be on Broadway and do Broadway shows and did a lot of, you know, performing. And then when I got into college, I went to Boise State University and was a performance major. And then I had an opportunity to do some programming of bringing performing artists to campus at Boise State. And I really enjoyed it more so than I thought I would, because I'd never done anything but performing my whole life until that moment. And I thought, you know, um, this is this is kind of fun in terms of bringing these great artists and promoting them and doing fundraising and organizing and bringing joy to these crowds of people. And I had record numbers of attendance compared to past programs that had been done with, with other student programmers and fundraising records and grants and created a series on campus and just had a lot of success. And so then I went into doing both still performing and arts administration. After I graduated, uh, my first full-time job was I was the managing director of Idaho Dance Theater, which is a professional contemporary dance company. And that I was the only employee. I was their first full-time employee. And so I, they handed me the accounting records on the backs of envelopes. I remember. And so that I had to create an entire accounting system. I had to do all the tax reports. I did all the marketing and, and trying to sell a modern contemporary dance show in, in Boise, Idaho is not the easiest task. And so I really quickly learned, you know, I like marketing. It's a creative, it's a creative business. It's a creative art of how to sell a show is, is, is an art. And it's one of the things that I love about arts administration and I quickly learned, you know, that having stunning photography that, you know, tracks attention, having video that stimulates the mind and the heart, having a title, the words you use to describe an artist make a difference. And if you, if you really hone in on these items and you have a product that's worth promoting, you have to have a great product. You can convince people to come to modern dance in Boise, Idaho. I had a lot of success with that. And, and then I had an opportunity to, to manage my first venue. And, uh, and I applied to be the director of the Nam Pacific Center, which is just outside of Boise. And it's a performing arts convention center complex. And they, it, it, it had been in existence for a few years. And they asked me, we feel like we're underutilizing this venue. We want to have a performing arts series. We want to have artists from all over the world come and perform in, in the center. And, and I said, I would love to help you do that. And so, and I had some experience in venue management also when I was at Boise State with the student union. So it was really kind of a perfect uh, opportunity for me. Did there, was there for 10 years, grew a, a really vibrant performing arts series and um, attendance and fundraising and expanded the venue. And after being there for 10 years, you know, I thought to myself, is there really much more I can do here? That was when um, I started seeking other opportunities of kind of my next step in my career. And I noticed, you know, there was an ad for a position at the Lead Center for Performing Arts in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I called them and I said, hey, will you send me a brochure? I'd like to see the, the season brochure for the Lead Center. 
mailed me a brochure and I looked at it and I said, wow, this is the place I want to be. Literally every art form, most exceptional artists, all the things I'd always ever wanted to do, but necessarily couldn't, could happen at the Leeds Center for Performing Arts. So I was thrilled and they selected me to, to come to the Leeds Center. My, it's interesting, I do have some Nebraska roots and that my great-great-grandfather um, was a homesteader in the late 1800s in the, around uh, Edgar, Nebraska. My grandmother grew up in, in Nebraska. I had never been to Nebraska prior to, to coming for my, my interview uh, for the Leeds Center, and, and I've just loved it. And uh, we've had so much success together over since 2009, since I've been at the Lead. And I, I, from the first day I was there to, through today, anything is possible at the Leeds Center for Performing Arts. You know, we could bring any artist, dream up any special program, because there's passion for the arts in Nebraska, and, and the, the Leeds Center venue can really accommodate any type of program, and I just feel so lucky. There's so few places like the Leeds Center in the world that has the diversity of programming, the, the depth of education that we provide to kids of all ages, I feel so lucky to, to be at the lead and looking, it's been a great run since I've been there and looking forward to, to many more great things in the future. Well, I think Lincoln and the Lead Center for Performing Arts is lucky to have you, Bill, for sure. And just in answering that question, you are certainly still a singer because you've been singing music to my ears about marketing communications and what a difference it makes uh, to sell shows and, and just about everything else. So it's thank true. you it's for that. Form. It's, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I wasn't doing performing arts, I think I would love to do marketing because I really do. I really do enjoy that. And, and the creative process of, of how do you communicate and inspire people to try something? Yes. Call to action for sure. Yes. And I love to think about marketing communications as, as an art form as well. So yes, music to my ears for sure. So Bill, is there a lead performance that stands out to you as being particularly memorable? And what made that event stand out? Well, every year there's a long list of shows that just blow me away and that I treasure and can't wait to see them again. So that's a question that's really hard because we've had so many exceptional performances at the lead and we continue to have them. I'm, I'm getting ready for Bernadette Peters this Saturday night and I think back of when we had her 10, about 10 years ago and I'll never forget when she sang, there's nothing like a dame and, and got on top of the piano and just entertained the heck out of, of, of our audience. It was so fun. But a, a few performances that come to mind you know, our biggest event, you know, in the history of the Lead Center in terms of the uniqueness, you know, no place else in the world could you see this event. And that's when we combined American Ballet Theater with the St. Louis Symphony, uh, Misty Copeland as Firebird. Never before had American Ballet Theater performed with one of the top American orchestras. And so it was so such a privilege to to be the the matchmaker of those two organizations and have them come together in Lincoln, Nebraska and perform you know, multiple performances. You know, over 6,000 people got to see American Ballet Theater, you know, which is America's ballet company with Missy Copeland as Firebird and the St. Louis Symphony in the pit. I mean, they're normally on the stage. I mean, they're, they're the main attraction normally and they were supporting 
American Ballet Theater. I mean, they were the star of the show as well, but it, it, they're normally not in the pit. They're not a pit orchestra. They're a main stage orchestra. And to have them with American Ballet Theater, it was magical. So that was definitely one of, one of my favorite memories. Um, having them back this summer, summer in the park, you know, we launched American Ballet Theater, picked the lead center in Lincoln, Nebraska to launch their national tour and dance across America. And it was so magical to turn Pioneers Park into a theater, a field that was nothing but a parking lot and a big grass field with some trees around it, turned it into a theater. 6,000 people came out, saw the show for free. I still have people, you know, constantly tell me how it was one of their best moments of their life. American Ballet Theater loved being at the Leeds Center, loved being at Pioneer Park. They, they've shared with me that on that year when they came for Firebird, it was the favorite place they toured in the world. You know, they went all over Europe, all over America, and Lincoln, Nebraska. That's what they shared with their board of directors was their favorite community and the Leeds Center. And I think part of it was this, everyone was so, um, they appreciated the, the, the talent. On a Saturday night of that run of Firebird, the audience stood up after every dance. I've never, I've never seen a performance where literally the audience gave a standing ovation after every piece. It was like crazy. I do have to say, Wynton Marcellus, multiple times when he's been at the Lead Center, have been two of my favorite. The first time he was there at the Lead Center was really special for me because I've been a huge Wynton Marcellus fan my whole life, and that present him was a real honor. One of his performances recently, he did a, a Duke Ellington program. It was just phenomenal that he told you all the inside scoop on the inspiration of the songs and the background and the history. And it was just so inspiring. The band was so good. And, and one that's a little unlikely um, as one of my favorites, but it was so meaningful. In 2020, we hadn't had any full programs, you know, at the Lead Center, you know, from March of 2022 to September. And we had, you know, some, some events, but not traditional season events. And when we had Musical the Musical from New York City, it's a comedy show, and they opened up, it was such a good feeling to be back in the theater, even though we were socially distanced with masks, to, to be back and to be entertained and hear top voices singing and listening to the, the audience applaud and the artists were so happy and that was such a wonderful moment to be back. And, and lucky for us, we were back way sooner than most other theaters. There's some theaters that are still closed now. And, and we were part of like maybe one or 2% of theaters nationally. We were the first university performing arts center to reopen. And so that was a magical moment. Plus, Musical and Musical was produced by someone from Lincoln. Michael D'Angora um, is from Lincoln, and he's one of the producers of that show. So that was really fun. They made T-shirts that said National Tour, and that listed Lincoln, Nebraska. And that was it, because that that's what most everybody's national tour to the Leeds Center, or most people's national tour in 2020 and 21 was just to the Leeds Center and back home. That was it. We were the only place. And it was so crazy. And it continues to be. We Even now, we have people that were their first time back on the stage. Um, but those are a few of my favorites as I think back. Oh my gosh, such incredible ones. And just on a, on a personal level, I've danced in 
Lincoln Midwest Ballet Company's uh, Nutcracker show. This last year was my 11th year, and I have to agree, there's something about knowing greatness that I'm walking backstage in the hallways where Misty Copeland also walked. Doing my thing is a pretty magical experience at that, and I do know that of course, the Nutcracker normally happens in December, but that year, hitting the stage anyway, that March and bringing Christmas in March was really quite something for everyone that participates in that show, as well as every audience member that was there. So very magical. But staying on the... That was a magical moment. Um, (laughs) Having thousands of people coming back for the Nutcracker was so great. It was so wonderful to see. It was so great and and so important to the community. And that just shows how important the arts are to everyone. And it was lots of great moments there. And I'm glad they're still happening, continuing to happen. But on the topic of that favorite subject of the pandemic this topic that a lot of folks are tired of talking about. But if you'll bear with me, I was wondering if you could tell me about how the LEAD Center adapted to the challenges of the pandemic. And you've already mentioned a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, well, first of all, I, I want to celebrate the LEAD Center staff and the donors and, and patrons, the University of Nebraska for their commitment during the pandemic. You know, without an amazing staff, we couldn't have pulled off what we've we've been able to do the past couple of years. But when the pandemic started, I remember sitting in the University of Nebraska Chancellor's Conference Room. We were talking about what shutting down, you know, all of the cultural institutions on campus and closing. And and like one of the things I wrote on on a sticky note was closed until further notice. Is that awful? Closed until further notice. I still have that sticky because I was just like, what an awful thing to write down, <laughs> you know? And, and I thought to myself at that moment, how is this going to end? When do we reopen? What's going to happen to all the staff? What's going to happen to me? Are we going to have to lay off everyone? When, when is it safe? When is this going to end? And so those were thoughts, just kind of horrifying thoughts that took place early in the pandemic. And and I, I had some, a certain level of confidence in the university that things were going to be okay. Because obviously the University of Nebraska is committed to the Lead Center and to, the, to the, all the institutions and employees and students. And, but you, you couldn't help but worry, particularly in an industry that depends on crowds. Pandemic and crowds aren't good. <laughs> uh, that's not a good business to be in. But I thought to myself, we've got to find a way to fulfill our mission. We have to still educate, inspire, and entertain the people of Nebraska, even in a pandemic. And so we quickly started brainstorming and coming up with ways. So we went online. Um, we started an online uh, program called Lead Live. It started two weeks after our first canceled event. We took live music into the streets with our music on the move. So we had a live band pulled by a bike and entertained people at their homes and their front yards. We had parades that were socially distance. And then we, we found a way to reopen safely. We studied all the guidelines. You worked with the University of Nebraska Medical Center, the University of Nebraska COVID team, Lancaster County, City of Lincoln, looked with the CDC, did international research and how is the best way to safely reopen. We figured it out and we had our first event actually in, in July of 2020, safely reopened 
we were the first major university performing arts center to do so. And it was so wonderful to find a way. And, and we continue to have programs. I rebooked our schedule countless times. You know, I can't tell you how many different things I booked and went away and booked and went away. But finally, I started finding some traction in, you know, certain types of artists, you know, that worked within our seating, you know, limitation was about 600 seats. So I had to find, that's if, if, if you know, we could attract 600 people to come to a show in the pandemic, which we averaged about three to 400 people who came out. That was our average attendance during that first year of 2020, 21. And like I mentioned earlier, we were mostly the only place they performed. We were the first place they performed since the beginning of the pandemic. Artists were crying backstage. They were filled with joy to be able to be back. I remember we had the, our original star, uh, Derek Davis of Phantom of the Opera. I had a chance to connect with him when he was at the Lead Center for our 30th anniversary season and said, hey, you know, you are so talented. We'd love to have you back sometime. And so we exchanged some information and had kept in touch. And then during the pandemic, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be great to have him do an evening of Broadway? Everybody, you know, we had 30,000 people see him as the Phantom. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be a nice fit? And he said, I'd love to come back. He created a show just for us. And he worked on it for months. I'm anticipating that it will, he'll perform it, you know, at other places and things, but it was fantastic doing songs from the different shows he's done on Broadway. And, and it was, it was just amazing. And artist after artist just did exceptional things. Chris Thiele, multiple Grammy award winning mandolin player. I like to call him the yo-yo ma of the mandolin. He was, did an exceptional performance at the lead center. We had the Silk Road that spring, you know, was, which was created by yo-yo ma. They did a, a world premiere during the pandemic, you know, in that spring of 21. So many good things, but would not have been possible without us coming up with a safe plan, which we had so many people helping us to do that with a staff that was courageous and willing to do it. When we were creating, we were writing the manual as there was no manual to get, we had to write it and found a way to do it. And a lot of courage, a lot of dedication, artists that were willing to come, you know, to the lead center and it all worked out so well. And, and as I look back, I'm so thankful. And I, it was amazing to be featured in USA Today and the New York Times. National Endowment for the Arts, they created a publication called The Art of Reopening. And we are the first organization that they feature in that publication, featured you know, throughout it, along with uh, many other you know, great organizations in, in the nation. And so as I look back, it, definitely a challenging time, the most difficult times in the history of the Elite Center, but also some of our best moments where we, we rose above the challenge and continue to, to fulfill our mission. So I'm really thankful that we were able to accomplish what we've been able to accomplish. And we're still riding that wave of, of support and programs. And next year, I think we may have our best season in the history of the Elite Center. So much success to share. So with that being said, what's the secret behind locating and bringing performances like Come From Away or the American Ballet to Lincoln? Is there a dream performance out there that you'd like to bring? Well, I think the, the secret to the success is great artists, you know, always going for the very best artists in every genre. 
And I think that's the success of the lead center. And no matter whether you're seeing someone playing mandolin or the ukulele, we have the ukulele orchestra of Great Britain this spring. And who would think of coming to see an orchestra of ukuleles? But they're amazing. They're the very best of what they do and people love them. And so, yeah, having the very, the best artists in every genre is the big key success. Dreams for the future. There are a lot of artists that I'd love to see come to the lead center. The, you know, we always bring the, a big orchestra to the lead center. We have St. Louis Symphony coming in in March of 2022. The Berlin Philharmonic, I'm really hoping to come to the lead center sometime, you know, in the near future. I'd like to bring American Ballet Theater back. That was such a, a, an amazing collaboration. One of my favorite musicals of all time and one of the many lead center patrons for musicals is Les Miserables. You know, I think, I think we have to have that back sometime. A few artists we've never had, Jennifer Hudson or John Legend or Vince Gill. You know, those are a few names of some artists that I'd like to see. I, I'm constantly adding artists to our, our prospect list of, you know, who do we want to bring and finding the, like, who's the next Pavarotti? Who's the next Misty Coppola? And, and, and searching for those artists and making sure that the Lead Center is one of the first places to present that artist. Maybe we're the very first. Creating new work, you know, like our collaboration with ABT. We created a show called Putting in the Grumble a few years ago mm-hmm. in partnership with the Lincoln Community Foundation. And finding ways that arts can solve community problems is really wonderful. So I, I think it's a, a dedication to the greatest artists in different genres, as well as finding ways to create new art and showcase it on the stage. And so there's lots of opportunities in the future. And every year, I hope everybody finds what they're looking for and more you know, at the lead. So I'm just listening to your responses. I'm so excited for the future and can't wait to be in the seats as much as possible, as usual. So our state and Lincoln have become much more diverse places in terms of culture and race and sexual orientation. Describe your work to appeal to broader audiences and how you bring in diverse performances and performers like Anna DeVere Smith and who was on this season's schedule. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Well, the Lead Center has been a place where there's been diverse programming since it since it opened back in 1990. However, we definitely have increased our volume of programs and our efforts on diversity, inclusion, anti-racism in partnership with the university. Back in 2016, actually, when Chancellor Harvey Perlman made a statement of not, you know, about racism, not here, not now, not ever, you know, we said, how can we help with that? You know, how can we, you know, serve the university and partner? And um, we've been trying to increase the the volume of programming that sheds light on these topics, inspires conversation, inspires positive change since that time. Our vision is, you know, we want the Lead Center to be a place for everyone, absolutely Mm -hmm. everyone, and to celebrate diverse culture, arts, and and people. In 2019, we created a program called the Mosaic Series, and it's idea-driven, curiosity-fueled, and radically inclusive. And uh, our presentation of Anna DeVere Smith doing notes from the field was part of that. It's been a, a wonderful success, you know, in bringing some of the most diverse artists in the nation, 
you know, Bill T. Jones, um, we had come a few years ago, presented an amazing program that involved artists every walk of life in, from the community. And just, it was such a, a magical program. We have the band's visit this spring, which is one of the most diverse Broadway musicals. You don't think of Broadway being diverse, but we're fortunate enough to have one of the most diverse Broadway shows in history coming to the Leeds Center um, called The Band's Visit, won 10 Tony Awards, including Best Musical, never been in Nebraska before. And it mixes Middle Eastern music with Broadway. So you, very unique. You, know, you don't see those kinds of combinations normally. And so we're re- really excited about that. Diane Shure we have coming. Um, not the traditional diversity people think of, but Diane has been performing without sight since she was born. And she'll be sharing in a conversation on campus about what it's like to be someone without sight and as a professional artist, as a Grammy winner, and, and some of the challenges she's had to overcome. I'm sure, you know, also being a woman and her, the, those challenges and, and things that how she's been treated in her life. Diversity, inclusion, anti-racism, very important to the LEAD Center, to the University of Nebraska. And but ultimately, our vision is that we want everyone to feel welcome and be welcome at the LEAD Center. And that hopefully our programs will showcase, you know, the world on our stage. Actually, Yo-Yo Ma um, had a quote that says, the LEAD Center puts the world on one stage. And we hope to continue to do that in the most meaningful way and creating, you know, positive change and hopefully appreciating each other including our differences in, in, in a good way. It sounds like you're doing so much in that area already. And what a great quote from Yo-Yo Ma. Wow. Yes, yes. Yeah, we, we, that, we appreciate that quote from him. <laughs> Absolutely. So the Lead Center's vision is to transform the lives of people in Nebraska through performing arts. Why is that so important? And how have you seen the effects of those kinds of transformations firsthand? Well, almost, I know personally when I see a, a great performance, it can't help but touch my life. Sometimes that transformation is just going from an ordinary day, or maybe it's a bad day, into a great day. And, and to, to giving yourself hope and joy and sharing that with your friends and your family. And you can transform your, your life and, and enjoy life because of having the arts, the magic of performance in it. You know, it's a wonderful thing. And so that, that's on a simple level. But also, you know, it changes your perspective. Um, Anavir Smith, in her recent show, you know, she interviewed over 350 people from across the nation about the, the, the prison to the school to prison pipeline. And she shared, you know, actual scripts, uh, you know, the words of these, many of these people. And it, it gave us the opportunity to put ourselves in the shoes of people that live lives that are much different, people whose lives face discrimination and, and circumstances that you wouldn't wish upon anyone. It transforms your perspective so often, you know, with, with different programs. Career-wise, the LEAD Center, I'll never forget, we had Kristen Chenoweth at the LEAD Center, and she worked with some of our students. Some of our students got to sing with her on stage. And one of the singers was a business major and a music major. She was double majoring. And Kristen Chenoweth, when she had a little chance to talk, she decided, you know, one of the things that Kristen said is follow your dream, have confidence in yourself, do what makes you happy, do what that voice is telling you inside, fulfill your potential. And she said, I'm going to do it. 
I'm going to focus on what I really believe in, what I really want to do, what I really love, what is my passion, and that is, is, is performance. And so she fully went on board with her performance and graduated in that and has been successful, you know, in, in, in following that dream. And so that's certainly a big transformation, you know, for that person. Um, we also had a dance group tour across Nebraska um, a few years ago and did workshops and, and some of the dancers got to perform with these dancers on stage in their own community. We have a program called Arts Across Nebraska where we take arts programs to cities all the way from Nebraska City to Scotts Bluff. Some of the dance, one of the dancers in particular was part of that and was so inspired from that program, she decided to, number one, go to University of Nebraska as the, her choice of college and to major in dance. You know, so that, that was a huge transformation of her being just a person in high school, not really knowing what they wanted to do, taking that class and being involved with dance arts across Nebraska from the Lead Center and influencing where she went to college and what she wanted to do with her life. And she went on, you know, to graduate with a with the dance program being a big part of her her college experience at the university. And so those are a few examples of of transforming lives. Absolutely. What great examples, too. And I'm sure fun to track what they yes. do uh, over their lives is is great. So a lot of work goes into creating a space like the Lead Center for Performing Arts and I've heard that it has the biggest stage in all of Nebraska. What can you tell us about the ven- how the venue was built and the intentional choices that went into making it an ideal space for both performances of all kinds, as well as an accommodating space for audience members with a disability? So the Lead Center, when they created it, they really did do their research extremely well. And they decided, you know, they wanted to create a venue that could accommodate anything. You know, it could be a big symphony orchestra, it could be a Broadway musical. They wanted the stage and all of the, you know, physical functions to be able to handle anything. Anything should be able to be performed at Nebraska's Performing Arts Center. And they definitely accomplished that. And they actually toured around the world, you know, looking for inspiration. And so like the red seats were inspired by many of the theaters in, in Europe. And just did an amazing job of researching around the world and with some of the greatest theaters, the acoustics. Early in the years of the Lead Center, um, Isaac Stern, you know, one of the famous, most famous classical musicians of all time, performed in the opening season of the Lead Center. And, and he called us. So one of the stories is funny that during the performance, he said, the acoustics in this hall are amazing. Something you may not know is that as you can hear every little thing that I do on my instrument, I can hear everything that you're doing, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. And but he loved it. And but it is true that when you are in that hall, you can hear everything from the back of the you know the back row. You can sit in the back row. You can hear everything that's happening on stage. The acoustics are amazing for natural acoustics, and. Uh, he called back after he went back to New York and said, hello, uh, this is um, Isaac Stern. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the acoustics at the Lead Center. And the, our technical director, Dan Stratman, said, Isaac Stern. Yeah, right. <laughs> Didn't really believe that it was Isaac Stern. No, really, this is Isaac Stern. 
and I'd like to talk with you about who did your acoustics because we're, we're remodeling, updating Carnegie Hall and we would like to, to consult them and have them be part of our renovation planning. So how, you know, what a great honor to have one of the greatest classical musicians in the world call us and, and, and ask for the advice of the people who created the Leeds Center in their renovations of Carnegie Hall. The Leeds Center really is set to accommodate anything. Um, the, the stage size is giant. Um, when it was built, um, and this is folklore that's been shared with me. I haven't verified this. I haven't gone around to measure other people's stages. But the proscenium width, we have a 70-foot wide proscenium, which is very big. That's the width of it. And it's almost 73 deep from the edge of the, the stage to the back wall. So then you also have the wing space, you know, when you're actually in the middle of the stage on the sides. So that's additional space. So it really is a giant space. And the folklore is that when the Lead Center was built, there was not a bigger stage between Chicago and Denver as the Lead Center for Performing Arts. I, I've not, no one's uh, proven to me otherwise at any theater in, in Nebraska or in the area, but we're certainly so thankful that we have the stage that we have because we really are able to accommodate you know, giant sets like Phantom of the Opera. And, and people just love coming, the artists love coming to the late. They just say, oh, this is so spacious. It's so beautiful. It's so well taken care of. It, you know, it's everything you'd want. That's really wonderful. In terms of accessibility, accessibility has been you know, one of the priorities to the Lead Center since, since the very beginning. We actually um, doubled the amount of wheelchair spaces in, in recent years, including during the pandemic. We took out some regular seats and, and created a whole new platform on the main floor of the Lead Center. So we're very committed to people with accessibility access to be able to experience the lead center having you know audio supports you know services um, one of the things we, we we are looking at updating our lobby spaces there's some traffic there that's not ideal and also just accessibility with our elevators um, could be better and and one of the things that we are planning on doing is getting a new elevator so when you go to the concourse level there's plenty of space and so if, if anyone that's listening to this has been in a wheelchair in our, our, on our concourse level elevator, they'll know like, oh, I can't wait for them to get a new elevator. And so we're working on some of those things. But I, I'm so thankful that, you know, the University of Nebraska in building the Lead Center, you know, thought of accessibility in mind when they built it. Certainly continue to seek out ways that we can continue to make it more accessible and friendly to, to everyone because it's, it's everybody's performing arts center. So forward thinking. Uh, they were when it was built. So, okay, Bill, let's say it's the big opening night of a popular show and the house is packed. Where are you and what are you doing? Well, the, this time would normally be about 7.30 because our shows normally start at about 7.30 p.m. About that time, I go backstage and usually I do a welcome you know, to the audience. If I have an opportunity, I thank the artists, you know, and if you, some artists don't want to talk to anybody before a show. Other artists are super chatty and love to visit. And so I, I gauge what the kind of interaction that they desire and certainly engage with it. If they want to be private and quiet, I certainly respect that because it um, just depends on what their needs are before the performance. But it's always nice to welcome artists 
welcome the the audience you know with a brief curtain speech and thanking our supporters and and then then i watch almost every show that's in our season i i attend and it's one of the things i just love about my job is the opportunity to get to see that and also to experience and witness the joy and the impact that these performances have you know on the audiences whether it's you know a, a girl seeing a dance performance for the very first time at the age of five or you know someone who is 90 years old and this is the only joy in their lives you know it's coming to the lead center it's the break from you know being at the retirement center where they don't get out much but they come you know on a van and they get to see the performing arts and live their dreams and experience something magical um so that's that's really wonderful you know after the show sometimes you have the opportunity to interact with you know the artists and or have you know post-show functions and so yeah every night is really magical and um so so uh i feel so lucky to be able to be part of it in many special ways so bill you talked earlier about how important words are in promoting something and i'm inspired by motivational quotes because they're words and they're important could you give us a few of your own words of wisdom for our listeners Sure, I, I appreciate that question. And, and I thought a little bit about it. And my words of wisdom is to fill your life with moments that you'll treasure forever. I love that. Yes. Very wise. Yeah. And uh, I, to me, that really applies to the Lead Center because you know many of life's greatest moments in my life personally have been being part of performances you know, from greatest artists in the world at the Lead Center. And I think anyone who has attended many season programs and other programs at the Lead Center, you'll, you'll fill yourself, your life, your memory with these, these moments that you can share with your loved ones, with your, your family, with your grandkids, with your spouse, with your best friend, and they're memories that will last forever. And it's just, uh, it's, you know, life is short and life is hard. Why not? Fill it full of moments that are wonderful and full of joy and beauty and things that you'll remember forever that just like, wow, that was one of the best nights of my life. Why and, not? Um, so, yeah, why not? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So th thanks for asking that question. And I, I hope that many people that come to the Lead Center are able to say, you know, that that is a moment that I'm going to treasure forever when they come see Jersey Boys for the first time that that's a show that just lifts them up and makes them feel good. Remember the good times maybe that they had back when Frankie Valley was young and they were young as well as just the whole musical experience. It, but anyway, yeah, thanks for that question. And, and I do hope that um, many people will find many of the moments that they treasure the most at the Lead Center. For our listeners who would like to learn more about your work and how to support you, how can they find out more about the Lead Center? Uh, leadcenter.org on the website you can find out everything all the coming events and programs and beyond performances we ask every artist that comes to lead center to do educational outreach and some of those are public and open you know to the public to attend um, many are with the university and local schools and but you'll find out about the education programs of the lead in addition to performances great as we wrap up our time together today, what is the most important thing you would like our listeners to remember about the work you're doing? I would encourage everybody to get to the theater. 
you know, come and, come and see programs and experience, try something new. One of the things that I am always inspired by patrons frequently share with me that, you know, they knew they'd like, you know, Riverdance and Oklahoma, but they had no idea about this group called Manazel Brass from Austria. And, and they came and they found that it was the most virtuosic performance they'd ever seen in their life and that it was hilarious. And so try something new. You may not have heard of Manazel Brass before, but they literally are potentially the greatest brass group in the world coming to the Leeds Center this spring. And we've been working on having them come to the Leeds for multiple years. And so try something new. You may find that it's your favorite event and that it provides you one of those memories that will last a lifetime. So, Bill, you said something on our in, during our conversation today, and you said seeing a performance is great because it touches my life. And I like to think about these podcasts as maybe not an episode. I like to think about them as a show. So I want to thank you for touching my life and being our guest today. And I fully believe that the world needs more people and change makers just like you. Thank you for sharing with us today. Thank you for the opportunity to visit. It's been my pleasure and, and hope to, to see everybody at the Leap Center and can't wait for your, for your next uh, episode of, of your podcast. Congratulations. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's Agency for Change podcast. To hear all our interviews with those who are making a positive change in our communities or to nominate a changemaker you'd love to hear from, visit kidglove.com at K-I-D-G-L-O-V.com to get in touch. As always, if you like what you've heard today, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.